Hello, and welcome to episode four of Dr. Blackgrass On Air. This show is about cultivation and the use of glyphosate to make stale seabirds, and we're also going to touch on crop selection. Once land is clear after harvest, it is the best opportunity to encourage blackgrass to chit and then be destroyed. Glyphosate plays a big part in most people's stale seabed programs, but as with all herbicides, it needs to be used with consideration for the risk of resistance, so that it can remain effective for years to come. Earlier this summer, RAG, the Weed Resistance Action Group, of which Bayer is a member, issued guidelines on the responsible use of glyphosate. At Cereals, I caught up with James Clark, RAG chairman and ADAS researcher, to outline what these new guidelines mean for UK farmers. We believe that the practices people are, are adopting now, which is basically a very large number of applications of glyphosate, reliance on glyphosate in the gap between harvest of one crop and cultivating and drilling the next, uh, that, and Coupled with that, some low use rates, we believe that many people are adopting an approach which is creating a higher than acceptable risk. Okay, and have other countries had this problem? Yes, there is globally at least 31 weeds that are resistant to glyphosate. So weeds can develop resistance to glyphosate. That is a given. The question is, can we make sure that people have got information available to them that prevents that resistance developing in the UK population? That is why we're issuing these guidelines. What are the best steps to prevent resistance developing? Uh, We have a very simple uh, message. We have an eight-word message which is simplistically uh, prevent survivors, maximise efficacy, use alternatives and monitor success. Then on the AHDB website, you can access or directly from them as hard copy a two-page guidance document that gives you more information on each of those together with the higher and lower risk factors that underpin those and that will also give you access to or you can access it directly from the weed resistance action group website uh, a an eight page document the first two pages are identical technical content the other six pages give much more information particularly on how to maximize efficacy more information on rates of use more information of interaction with other uh, cultural controls together with more of the story about why resistance has developed elsewhere in the world and why we're presenting this message now and uh, um, will control increasingly depend on cultural methods rather than uh, chemical applications? It's think? a partnership between cultural control measures and uh, herbicides, whichever they are. It's also a partnership between herbicides, whether it's the non-selective between crops and the pre- and post-em herbicides that you'll use within crops. Each of them are helping each other in the sequence. Lots of people who are dealing with blackgrass, they rely on repeated chitting and then spraying off with glyphosate. Would you say this is a high-risk strategy? We believe that repeated chitting is a good approach. It's whether you need to achieve that through multiple applications of glyphosate. We believe that multiple applications, especially at low dose of glyphosate, presents part of the higher risks that are involved in this. So the question is, when do you use it sensibly? And we're suggesting that a maximum of two applications should be a manageable risk. Okay, and if you want to get more chits than that, what control methods could you employ instead? You could cultivate, you could leave the soil undisturbed to maximise moisture, Mm -hmm. Uh, and obviously a lot of these plants need moisture to germinate. You need to choose the system for the season so that you maximise the amount you get rid of. But equally, if you allow them to grow and then you get a good, clean kill followed with cultivation then you're doing another very effective way of reducing that overall population and reducing the pressure that you're then putting on your subsequent crop herbicides.
Cutting back to only two applications per year may be a challenge for some people, but introducing more mechanical processes to control blackgrass will be a benefit to all farms. One of the leaders in integrating chemical and cultural control are Claydon drills. I spoke to Spencer Claydon about how they use cultivation and drill technique to reduce dependence on non-selective herbicides. Okay, well, we offer a unique system. The Clayton system uh, consists of a direct drill and before that, the straw harrow. Um, The straw harrow is probably the most important tool when it comes to controlling grass weeds and also volunteers and weeds within the crops. Uh, We use the the harrow very shallowly. It only cultivates at around about two centimetres deep. It gets the weed seeds mixed into the, the top of the soil, into the moisture. They then begin to grow. You can actually go back with a straw harrow and hoe out a lot of the little seedlings once they've hatched very very quickly very cheaply around a litre of fuel a hectare covering a lot of ground because for instance a seven and a half metre straw harrow will travel at around about 25 kilometres per hour Um, so it's extremely cheap extremely uh, effective uh, to to do the job and uh, as I say if you have the window of opportunity you can go several times with it to actually hoe out the small seedlings once they've hatched. Okay, and how many times would you typically go into uh, into a crop to harrow? Well, it very much depends. Uh, for instance, if you're following uh, with oilseed rape and growing an oilseed rape crop, you perhaps wouldn't have time to actually do any harrowing. You'd just go straight in and you'd deal with it with the chemical controls which you have available. Um, for instance, if you were going in after uh, oilseed rape with a wheat, uh, you'd have a large time window. And in that time window, you can go through with the straw harrow several times. You can get the cotyledon rape growing as well as the grass weeds and everything else. Uh, you can hoe them out and kill the source, of the, the, the food source of the slug as well at the same time uh, and actually get a very effective control of the uh, volunteers, the weed seeds and everything else with a very cheap system just to run across. And you can use it, of course, before direct drilling or indeed if you're cultivating, you can use it before that to get a control before you go mixing the whole soil profile from top to toe and uh, integrating those weed seeds if you haven't controlled them. We would recommend spraying off with a chemical like glyphosate before you do the cultivations and such like and actually getting a kill for a clean set um, for a stale seed bed beforehand rather than actually going through and just mixing them from from various levels and having the weeds coming at various points and uh, at different growth stages. So obviously you think straw harrowing is very important. What other things did you think about? Okay, we offer a various range of uh, options on our drills. The standard setup uh, is a strip seeding setup up so we're only disturbing where the where the roots are going to grow of the plant and where the seed is being placed uh, with our machines all of the wheels run on the uncultivated ground or run in front of the tines so they're at a constant depth the whole time we actually level with the chassis of the drill and we bring the soil to the seed and not the other way around so we're actually leveling every time you use the drill does that level seedbed then help with sort of anything you follow it with pre-emergence herbicides and so on? Definitely. Um, we find that with pre-emergence herbicides, it's very important to keep the moisture within the soil. And by going directly into the stubble, as we mainly do with the drills, you actually have more moisture in the soil to allow the herbicide to travel within the soil. Um, also, we, we find that having a level field stops it from having ruts in which you'd end up having uh, water building up there. And potentially that's where the grass weed start in those dips and hollows within the fields. Um, Additionally as well because the the drills go straight into the stubble they create a nice fine tilth. They're not creating big lumps and clods in which you'll find that the, uh, the, the grass weeds are hiding underneath them and not chitting at the right time.
Thanks a lot, Spencer. So cultivation and drill technique play a huge role in limiting blackgrass. But what about the choice of variety that you put in the ground? How much of an effect does this have? I briefly spoke with Claire Lehman of Nyabtag at Bayer's Long Sutton Open Day about how much control you can get from a more competitive variety. Black grass just seems to, whatever crop it's in, it grows just out the top of it, doesn't it? Um, I think when you're dealing with black grass, there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of cultural measures you can take that have varying sort of input into the control. Competitive varieties might be one of them, but the impact is relatively small that you get. And there's things that you can change much more easily, like seed rate, mm-hmm. um, that would have a bigger impact. So probably you ought to choose a variety that you really want based on the agronomic characteristics in the end market and then um, make any other changes with that variety and not base your whole variety decision on competitiveness. I was talking to someone that must have been on Tuesday saying that they've never seen so many um, out in the fens where black grass is only just really becoming an issue, isn't it? Never seen so many roguing teams pulling black grass. So the message has obviously got through that if if you've just got a small amount, get it out. So variety choice will help, but won't make a massive contribution. But what about the use of alternative crops? We don't have time today to go through all the potential options, but of course one of the most popular crops is oilseed rape. I spoke with Darren Adkins of Bayer Crop Science at the Long Sutton Open Day as well, and he gave a quick outline of what you need to look out for when using this crop. Good afternoon, Darren. Good afternoon. Um, Lots of people use oilseed rape as a break crop, and obviously they're grass weed control be one of the factors in making that decision what are the possible benefits and the risks of using oilseed rape in this way well oilseed rape can be a very useful management tool in grass weed management um potentially you've got access to different chemical groups such as propizomide and carbetamex and these are very useful residual chemistries but uh, they can be subject to weather conditions they need cold and wet conditions to work at their maximum Um, used at the correct time they're very useful but it is always a good idea to go in and check levels of control in the spring because often uh, grass weeds can be hidden uh, below the oilseed rate canopy. Okay, and uh, is there anything you can do with uh, variety choice and sowing date with oilseed rape? Well, oilseed rape is a very vigorous crop when drilled in the right conditions, so using a, a vigorous autumn establishing variety will be useful. And in a lot of cases, hybrid varieties do show more autumn vigour than open pollinated varieties. Okay, and you mentioned that in the spring you need to check black grass levels in the sort of in the canopy itself. If you've got higher than ideal levels, what steps can you take sort of looking forward to harvest and maybe the following autumn establishing a wheat crop? Well, you've got two options. Um, if, if the levels of grass weeds in the bottom of the canopy are extremely high, you could, you've got the option of spraying that section of the crop off so you're not getting seed return. But oilseed rape is harvested uh, generally quite early, so you do get several chances to put stale seed beds in uh, before drilling wheat. So the early harvest and delayed drilling will uh, potentially allow two or three stale seed beds to reproduce to get the seed that's shed to germinate and be sprayed off with glyphosate before drilling of wheat. Thanks a lot Darren. So we've heard about quite a few different measures you can take to build into a blackgrass control program and if you'd like more information and advice about putting together a program for your farm you may want to take a look at the Bayer Blackgrass Task Manager at www.bayercropscience.co.uk forward slash bgtm the big news from harvest this week is that a lynx grower tim lammyman broke the oilseed rate world record with a 6.7 ton a hectare yielding crop 
This follows on from our harvest news last week where oilseed rape yields in general doing a little bit better this year and have picked up possibly because of the bright cooler weather early in the year. For the wheat harvest, in the south and east a lot of progress has been made and some good yields are reported in excess of 10 tonnes a hectare. The long dry weekend was a real boost to everyone and lots of progress has been made throughout the country. That's all for this week. Next time we'll be discussing options for pre-emergence herbicides. Until then, goodbye. Thank you.